Hey, everybody. Welcome to a very special episode of Simply Soccer. I am your host, Michelle Hutink, and unfortunately, Christian Conway could not be with us to co-host, but instead, I am very excited to have my dear friend, Allison Sorrell, with us today. Hello. So, who is Allison and why she's so important to me and this discussion of Black Lives Matter is we actually met because of MLS Female, a.k.a. Switch the Pitch now. So, to the Twitter universe, I discovered that MLS Female needed to replace their LA Galaxy writer, Allison Sorrell, and so that's how I came to be on this platform and... She was my mentor writing and getting me in because actually she got a job working for the LA Galaxy front office. So the movement, as you all know, is bigger than all of us. But being in a sports podcast and, you know, fans of the Galaxy, you know, we're here to call out our team, our coach, when they're not performing as they should, when changes need to be made. And so that's what we're doing now MLS hesitated to cancel the games and stand in solidarity with the NBA and MLB that decided to cancel their games. And so games were not played on Wednesday except for Orlando and Nashville, and we'll get into that. But it was MLS players like Sasha Kleshin who stood up and said, okay, we're not going to play. And it's a really important discussion to have. It's serious. And, of course, I want to include black people in this conversation. And there's no one else I really want to talk to about this right now than than Allison. So, Allison, take it away. For sure. Um, I mean, I know we're a soccer podcast here, but I definitely want to start this off by kind of, you know, giving props to who started this whole movement this past week. Um, I mean, Let's be real. It started four years ago when Colin Kaepernick took a knee. Um, and then previously before that, when he, you know, was sitting during the anthem. Not many people know that. Um, but let's talk about what happened this past week. I mean, this started in the NBA with the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, it's very close and personal to them since, you know, everything that's been going on in Wisconsin, uh, starting with the shooting of Jacob Blake and then going forward to you know, the shooting of the three other innocent protesters. Um, So I think it's really important that we start out and kind of have a conversation about how this happened in the NBA first and kind of just why it was able to happen the way it was when MLS seemed so disjointed, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely disjointed is is the word for it. Um, Reportedly, I heard through uh, ESPN and LA Times that LA Galaxy were actually not the team that said that they didn't want to play on Wednesday. And I think to you, you said that that wasn't quite a surprise. You know, yeah, unfortunately, it's not a surprise. I mean, of course, a lot of people here know or I mean, you probably may not know me, but if you do know me, um, you know that I've been you know, a champion of the galaxy for many, many years dating back to, you know, my childhood. Um, And then, like Michelle said, having, you know, been part of the front office for a little bit, um, it's, it's unfortunately not too much a surprise. You know, the organization, whether you, you know, you love it, you have to understand that the organization is, is very much a boys club. You know, it's also very much, 
for lack of better words, kind of a white club as well. Um, when I was there myself, I mean, funny enough, today is the two-year anniversary of my leaving the club. Uh, but when I was there, I can count on less than one hand uh, the amount of Black people that were there. And maybe I can utilize my two hands for people of color in general. Um, but it was, you know, if the front office is that way, of course, we all know that we have two black players on the team, um, both of which are pretty young and haven't seen much playing time. Uh, but, you know, you can kind of see from there that whether, you know, these people are for the movement or not, um, your white supremacy and your privilege does come into play. And it's, you know, not too surprising that the Galaxy wasn't quite the champion that people would have liked them to be. Yeah, that's what I really liked about what Sasha Kleshin had, had said was, you know, and I also listened to um, the an interview with Kay Kamara on Switch the Pitch. And, you know, yes, there are rivals, but but LAFC's, you know, Kay himself um, spoke up. You know, there's there's obviously LeBron James, like there's numerous players who have stepped up, but it it's not just a black issue. That's the thing. It's a human issue, but it is you know, when people say, and you read in these comments all over, and Twitter, Twitter, sure, we know, uh, you know, for everything it's brought me in my life with just a lot of friends um, and, and brought me into the Galaxy community, you know, reading the comments in the thread is just, it, it's honestly, you have to mentally prepare yourself to even go ahead and click and say, am I going to look at these comments today? Um, you know, just... Uh, just trying to lead by example, you know, as for fans and and humans, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I want to back up a little bit, too. Like you mm -hmm. said, Sasha Kleshin was amazing in his um, in his talk about this. Um, he's a fantastic ally. And of course, there's fantastic allies without that throughout that entire organization. Um, so for those of you that are just like, oh, screw that, like I want to boycott. No, absolutely not. Um, there are some amazing people both in the front office, um, on the team, you know, coaching staff, et cetera, et cetera, that, you know, are huge champions. Um, but the problem, you know, is that there are people like us having this conversation and there are people like them, you know, who are fantastic champions for this movement and this basically human rights. And then, you know, it doesn't matter until we're all on the same page. Yeah, and that's why it was really important for us to have this discussion because everybody has different experiences and, you know, it just seems like we just have to get people to understand. And if I can use this platform to to do it, then, then I'm more than, of course, we're going to. You know, this is now, there, there hasn't been any change or improvements being made. And so, yeah, okay, you've had protests and... You know, there's little changes here and there, but it's it's not enough. And I also think that there's a lot of misunderstanding um, when they say, like, they want to defund the police. I think, um, you know, that there's just other means and there's other ways to use our, our tax dollars to be able to ensure, you know, social security services and just, you know, just even just the overall threat that somebody can just call 911 and the police on you. And that, that that's what you have to worry about. That's that's something that everybody is now saying, okay, well, what's going to make people listen? And the sports community is so huge. It's such ingrained part of the American fabric. Um, 
But as you were saying, Allison, and what made you want me to have you on, what made me want to have you on the show was was your t- your tweets, your responses to what I was seeing was like, you know, black people are not entertainment. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, it just goes so much farther than that. I've seen over the past few days, you know, and just kind of in general, people being like, you know, keep politics out of sports, politics out of sports. Mm. But there's a couple of things I think on that, you know, first of all, sports are, you know, part of our culture, they're part of capitalism, they're part of, you know, this country, it's, it's going to be ingrained, you know, and, and on top of that, you know, my life isn't politics, you know, we're, we're here championing, championing black lives, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. that's not politics. That's just kind of saying, hey, these people should be treated fairly or decently and not killed and not, you know, left for dead or for poor or et cetera, et cetera. You know, Um, that's not politics. That's just kind of human decency (laughs) here that we're talking about. Yeah. And I think that, yeah, you have to put the pressure on the top. The only way we can do that is, is by working together. Absolutely. And I mean, like you were saying, it it's it's ingrained further into just human culture than that. Like this country, you can think back to every single person listening can think back to when they were a kid and what sport they played or what sport they watched or, mm-hmm. you know, that's also ingrained in your in your upbringing, you know, like basketball and football were able to do this first because i mean still with a lot of uproar but they were able to do this first because of how much the sport skews towards black lives you know Mm -hmm. there's more there's more of a community for it there has been for years you've seen you know your biggest basketball players that you can name i don't watch basketball as much as i'd like to i like the sport but i don't but you know the players i can think of they're all black men you know Mm -hmm. magic johnson kobe bryant um Michael LeBron Jordan. James, exactly. You know, you think you Even think of black sports, you know, <laughs> you go exactly other sports, like exactly. Like you think of these sports and you, you think of mostly black men, but then you go on to think who owns the team, you know, who who's coaching the team. I think I saw somewhere that there's been six MLS coaches that were black all time. You know, where the people at the top, the the owners, the, you know, vice presidents in the front office, the CEOs, all of them, like, who are these people? And they're, you know, making money off of black talent. Yeah. And I, I love that you're in your notes, like you wrote, like Jackie Robinson paved the way in baseball, you know, because he was making the money. Yeah. Like, that's, that's a huge, huge, huge thing. Like, I the big thing is it's coming back now, actually Um, MLB has been talking about the Negro league a lot, but it was a league of baseball players after the civil war that weren't allowed into the MLB. Um, I don't know too much of the history on it, but essentially when Jackie Robinson kind of killed it in his first season, for lack of better words, he became MVP. And after that, you know, they were like, Oh, look, we can make money off of these people. And to me, that's kind of where this whole thing came from. Yeah. And, you know, fast forward and here we are today where, you know, Don Garber in the MLS's back tournament decided not to play the national anthem. The players still kneeled at the start of the match with their raised right fist. And, you know, it didn't have to be a black coalition. It's it's all the players. And, you know, to be honest, even as I was watching 
um, the Women's Challenge Cup, whenever I would see one or two white women standing up during the anthem, I'm just like, but why, why not just show support to your teammates? I understand that everybody has choices. And, you know, I saw that tweet. I mean, let's just be real. Like, Alexi Laws just says things to, to <laughs> get people twisted, um, to get a rise out of people. But, but just some of, you know, his takes are just really awful. And it's just like, what if somebody wants to just be an athlete and not want to protest and not want? But it's it's so beyond that. If you're silent right now, you're honestly, you honestly are just being complacent. You are, you you know, without realizing it, taking the side of the oppressor because absolutely you, you have to, you you can't. And in in even in your your personal communities, you know, there's. There's things that you might even say joking with your friends that, you know, if you have a friend that uses the N-word just playing around, you know, you have to tell them, hey, dude, that's not cool. You know, we can't we can't use it that way anymore. It just it just comes down to all our individual responsibilities and then coming together so that way we can hold. Yeah, that's the the issue is that there's no accountability accountability. Absolutely. And I kind of want to go back a little um, mm-hmm. to what you said about the, the Black Players Coalition. You know, as a as a Black person, I think that was entirely um, necessary for them to form. Oh, uh, it was entirely necessary. You know, the league, um, thankfully, I think they said 100 players were a part of that demonstration uh, that we all saw at the you know, the first game of the tournament, Mm -hmm. the MLS is back tournament. And, you know, thankfully, I don't think those numbers have been that high before, um, in my opinion. And there's still some teams that are lacking, of course. Uh, But I think that was entirely necessary. Uh, And I think it's also entirely necessary for um, players, whether they're other players of color or whether they're white players as well, um, for them to understand that they're both allies in this situation and that that also isn't their place. Um, I think the dichotomy of that is really important. So basically, you like, yes, you're an ally. Yes, you're doing everything to kind of end this racism and, you know, begin equality as best as we can. But I think it's also important to note um, and to kind of champion and to realize the struggles and the strife that these people have gone through, you know, in in the league, in life, just in general. Um, I think that's important to understand the distinction between that. Uh, mm-hmm. And then you you brought up the NWSL as well, um, which is a whole different story. You know, yeah. the league it's it's full of really progressive women, um, fantastic people that champion you know so many different kinds of rights, women's rights. You know, Black Lives Matter. Uh, you have Ashlyn Harris who's doing like a suicide prevention fundraiser right now. You know, there's people in that league that champion so many different things. Um, but yeah, and been... I feel they definitely are even more open with the LGBTQ community as well. Oh, 100%. You know, there's there's players in the, in the league that are married. You know, you'd, mm-hmm. you'd, you'd, you'd be really hard-pressed to see something like that in MLS. But it brings me back to the image that was going around a little bit during their, um, their COVID Cup. I think it was called, like, the Challenge Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a picture of Julie Ertz um, with her hand on... You know, she was crying with a black mm-hmm. player. I don't remember who it was. Um, I can see her face. Um, she was crying with a black player on her team. And there was another player um, whose name I do not quite know, um, whose 
she was standing with her hand on her heart during the anthem. Um, and mm. she actually just had her hand on the girl's shoulder. And I think it was a really good, really good imagery. You know, there's mm-hmm. people that are here supporting that feel the pain and kind of the strife of the people that, you know, this affects the most and they have that empathy. And then there's the people that are just like, oh yeah, I'm going to post, you know, an Instagram post that says black lives matter. I might donate 10 bucks. And then I'm just going to put my hand on your shoulder and say, they're there. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, definitely, you know, we really want lasting real systemic change. Um, you know, so people say like, Oh, protests are supposed to make you uncomfortable. This is more than feeling uncomfortable. You know, black people have been living with this for 400 plus years. Right. You know, Um, so for you to feel a little uncomfortable, tough. (laughs) You know, sports didn't get played for a day. And that's actually like another thing is so, so. You know, Orlando and Nashville went ahead and played, and sure, it was it was during the game that that these decisions were being made. Um, I personally don't think that game should have played on. I think at halftime, it should have just stopped. I, I understand with the technicalities of things. You know, 2020 is already a weird season, and you know, there's only so many games and so many points. But it, this is so beyond that, and it was just like, well, just you know either finish that game in a later match or just call that game at halftime. I mean, what's the, you know, it's one game. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really hard though. Um, Cause I mean, as you can tell from the words I've said, I'm, I'm pretty, you know, pretty strong in the idea that, you know, that this is a necessary movement. Mm-hmm. However, with that game that had already kicked off, um, we saw Orlando players, all of them were standing except for one. Um, and I really want to tip my hat to that player. Like your entire team is standing half of them with their hands on their hearts and you're still kind of kneeling fist in the air. You know, you're standing up for what you believe in mm-hmm. Well, kneeling for what you believe in, <laughs> but you know, we saw the Orlando players, you know, for lack of better words, just not care even during the the anthem playing at the beginning. Um, Nashville was very strong in their kneeling, but we have to talk about like who the conversations that were going on with these teams ahead of time. Did they have that conversation? You know, did like what kind of agency were they given? Yeah, I mean, that that is a really good question. And it's hard to to really know. We can just look up some reports uh, of that discussion. Um, yeah. You know, I I just thought when everyone has already made the decision, everybody's standing in solidarity. I mean, I understand why they continue to play on, but particularly my issue was with Nashville because their fans, when they played against FC Dallas, were booing and throwing things on the field when players were kneeling during the anthem. So oh, that was them. So for me, for it to play on kind of just was a big f you i mean that's that's the way that i took it um whether they meant it that way or not i get it but but just because of what had happened before i just didn't really you know um i think it uh one of their players in nashville i know his first name's reggie um he spoke out about about what the fans were doing and he was getting death threats and this is and this is just awful that this is like just kind of become commonplace that it's just one of those things like every day you just kind of see thankfully on twitter i've been able to personally i'm not one to watch the violent videos not because i i want to turn a blind eye 
but it's because I don't think that I need to see a video to know that this person didn't deserve this. Right. We don't really need to be desensitized in that way to understand and to support this movement. Yeah. And perpetuating that. Absolutely. But I mean, on the on the note of Orlando and Nashville, I mean, in my opinion, that's it it kicked off. It happened. I mean, Mm. I don't like it that it happened in the first place, um, but I can see why they didn't stop it at halftime. You know, the rest of these games are getting rescheduled uh, into an already really packed schedule. What were they going to do? Like fly Nashville to Orlando to play 45 minutes? Yeah. You know, it's, it's hard. It. It is what it is. I would have liked for, you know, those teams to speak out a little better afterwards and, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. towards this movement and just been like, hey, we know we played and we not apologize, but we, you know, we know what's going on and we are here for our players. We're here for the league. We're here for black people, et cetera, et cetera. But they didn't really, you know, yeah. I don't even I don't even think I this is a completely different team, but I don't think I think Miami was the team that just completely didn't really say much of anything besides our match has been postponed. Oh, yeah. And then, of course, then all of the real Salt Lake with Deloy Hansen started coming out. Oh, gosh, that's, an, <laughs> that's another story. You know, that, um, that guy, I had to stop reading, honestly, you know, mm-hmm. the, the amount of just stuff that came out within. Yeah you know, 24 hours on how much of a, how racist and just sexist and all of the above that this guy has been doing. Um, And then people trying to cover it up and Mm -hmm. just things like that. Like, no, somebody needs to hold him accountable. Whether that's the players that, that struck, but which that's another thing. This needs to be called a strike, not a boycott. Um, It's a labor strike. That's what all of this is. Um, but the players that were on strike and refused to play, whether they continue this strike and refuse to play and until this guy is out, until he sells the team, whatever it is, he, he needs to be gone because he's he's ruining the the whole movement for the whole league, to oh, be absolutely. honest. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's exactly it's one bad apple in this case does spoil the bunch. And this is where that accountability and this is this is the chance now when you have someone exposed like this. Um, it, it is the time. I mean, cause if not now, then, then when, and what are you saying? What message are you giving to fans? Um, and to, to people that, that, how are they going to feel when they're, when they're seeing this? And and then you've got kids and we'll, you know, we'll talk about that. Um, yeah. What are you going to say to the youth of America? And especially when, Hey, you want to grow up and you want to play a sport. I mean, you know, what's that development? You want to be able to say to that child no matter what their background is no matter what community they come from that you can be successful you know as a former teacher you know you always tell students you can you can be whatever you want to be but but there's no reason why a child shouldn't think that they can't um, unless they're told otherwise absolutely and i mean mls loves making money off of children (laughs) um (laughs) like you know from the 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 academy anthem playing their academies from you know the the youth teams that you see playing at halftime from you know all of that mls loves its kids you know ball kids all of that you know so the fact that we're feeding them into this league with guys like that um and we're not taking a stand to show that it's an issue, show that it's a problem and that we're going to take care of it. 
you know, I, I tip my hat off to all the season ticket holders there that, you know, that, that canceled said I'm not doing this. I tip my hat off to, unfortunately, all of the workers that I think he, he immediately fired after mm-hmm. that game wasn't played. Um, all of these people that just kind of were affected in a negative way because of, you know, the way he chose his, I mean, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt here, unfortunately, but the way he chose his words. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Did you want to talk about your your why you left LA Galaxy's front office? <laughs> I mean, it's let's let's start here. I it was my not my first job, of course. I've been working since I've 15, 16, but it was my first job out of college, you know. I, I worked for the league actually for a couple of months. Um, in one of their training programs and and got fed to the galaxy, uh, which was a, a super great time in my life. Um, I was 21 years old. Uh, and as you can tell, I'm, I'm very strong-willed and very, you know, into the things that I feel and to the things that I stand for. Um, and let's just say it didn't work there. Uh, I had people behind me that championed me that I, that I loved that, um, you know, brought me on board to that team. Um, and I had some fantastic times, whether that was, you know, working game days and meeting a lot of, you know, fans that I didn't know from Twitter. Um, there's one really big fan that still sticks out to me to this day. Um, him and his mother would go to games all the time, but he had, you know, some sort of, uh, I think it was some sort of, uh, vision and parody that didn't allow him to see, um, mm. from specific angles. And, you know, I still remember them to this day, um, you know, getting them specific seats to make sure he could stay in specific places in the stadium and he could see the team. Um, his mom would send me texts all the time uh, for like holidays, Christmas, Thanksgiving. You know, it was a life changing experience in a way that you wouldn't expect it to be. Um, but unfortunately, the people, you know, that were behind me and that championed me um, and allowed me to be who I was in that office left. Um, and I was presented with the question, you know, what do you like what do you want to do with your future and like i said i was 21 years old (laughs) um obviously listen i'm 35 and still trying to figure out what i'm trying to do with my future especially now in these COVID times like (laughs) right like you know let's just say my answer wasn't good enough for them um and you know i went back and forth extremely strong-willed because i felt that i wasn't treated fairly at the time um and they didn't like that Um, so there was a parting of ways, uh, two years later, you know, it's, it's, it was what it was. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, it wasn't a good fit at the time, um, between me and the people that, you know, were against it and, and that's okay. You Mm -hmm. know, with, with employment, I mean, not during COVID, we need to take what we can get, but like, (laughs) you know, like with employment, it's really important to, you know, work for people and work with people that understand your vision and your goals and like what you feel. And, you know, for me, the important part was that I got to bring that kid out to a game. You know, it wasn't how many other people I brought out to the game. The best part was that I got to bring that kid out to a game. He got to see it and I gave him a scarf and he had a fantastic time. That was the life changing part to me. Not that I didn't sell 7,000 other tickets. (laughs) So, and, and they didn't, they didn't get that. You know, and so at this point in time, it's 
it's it's good. You know, I was able to keep my integrity and I was able to keep, you know, the things that matter to me. And I can still go out to a game post COVID if I want to. Um, but can they say that they have the same integrity? I don't know. Mm. Anyway, <laughs> mm-hmm. the point, it was a great time though. Um, I, like I said, I got to, like we said, I got to meet Michelle because of it. Yeah. Um, it's just some fantastic people that I got to be a lot closer to, whether that was the people in the front office, whether that was people like Michelle who were doing, uh, media work. There was just a lot of, a lot of people and a lot of experiences, um, that I wouldn't have had otherwise. Uh, it's, it's a great team to support. I still support the team. Um, even, I mean, it took a minute as a lot of people may know. Um, I'm literally selling some of my stuff on, on Twitter, shameless plug. Um, yeah, but <laughs> Allison Sorrell, S O R R E L L. Absolutely. I'm, I'm literally selling a bunch of like fan memorabilia. Cause I just have so much that I amassed, um, during my time working there. Yeah. But, she's not breaking up with the galaxy and getting thrown their stuff on the street. Like, <laughs> no, we just had a, a little bit of a, a, a lover's quarrel. Um, it lasted a while, but we, we might be back. We'll, we'll think about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're, you're working on that, reconciling those differences. Um, but, but definitely, you know, what would you say to fans who are having a conflict with supporting MLS and, and the galaxy right now because of, of everything that's going on? Absolutely. I mean, it's so hard, uh, for me personally, um, you you're able you should be able to compartmentalize this right um i think for me we're adults we're going through one of the craziest times in mm. in in my life i mean i've only been alive for 24 years but this is the craziest thing i've ever seen whether it's you know a pandemic and large hurricanes and joblessness and just general just despair mm-hmm. um i think that you should be allowed that that escape um you should be aware that, you know, we shouldn't be playing in the first place because once again, there's a pandemic. You should be aware that, you know, there's racial injustice and that that needs to be spoken about. So that comes first. But when you're, once you're aware of these things, I think you should be able to sit down and enjoy a beer and watch a game. You know, Mm -hmm. it's life is short. If you love the, if you love the game, watch the game. Um, I mean, it's, it's important to note that there are people that, that play for these teams and that, you know, pay for these teams that aren't on our side. And I think it's important to blow them up, to figure it out who it is, to get them out (laughs) so Mm -hmm. we can, you know, enjoy something that we can also stand for. Uh, But like I said, it's, it's a hard time for everybody. I mean, if, if this is your escape, if this is your go-to, you know, if you want to love this team, love it. Like we, we've all been known that AEG, you know, has in the past donated to some less than savory organizations. Um, mm-hmm. That's nothing new. And, you know, we still support it then. Um, and I'm not saying it's good at all that that's, that that's happened in the past. Um, but I'm saying this isn't anything new. Um, it's something that we need to bring up, but it's nothing new. Um, that's my take on it. I know it's kind of middle of the road and kind of gray and just kind of wishy-washy but i want my cake and i want to eat it too (laughs) (laughs) yeah 
Yeah, no, I, I completely get that. I mean, you know, the purpose of this episode particularly was was to give that hope, to stand in solidarity, to, um, you know, feel where you're all coming from. And, you know, we're, we're all in this together. We want to be allies. You know, we, we want to support. And so how can we do that? Well, first of all, uh, my uh, LA Galaxy podcast counterparts, uh, LA is Our House, has a Black Lives Matter donation resource on their front page of their website, laisourhouse.com. So you guys can, can go there. Um, but that's the other thing. Like, don't just take our words for it. Um, as a teacher, I'm always going to encourage you all to critically think, think for yourselves, um, you know, listen to, honestly, the only way to be totally informed is to look at all of what the media is saying. Look at all what's happening in the news. I mean, of course, self-care, you know, break it down, whatever, if you do an hour per day, whatever it is, but you just got to stay informed. You just have to to look. All the information is out there, um, and hopefully we just kind of pointed you in, in a direction, and if anybody was feeling lost, confused, misunderstanding. We hope that that we're able to bring some of that clarity and encourage you to to figure it out for yourself. Absolutely. And I mean, in addition to media, I think just simply, you know, listening to people on the ground, whether that's looking at your social media and finding the people that are out at protests or, you know, that are related to people that have been victims or even just listening to you know black influencers or anything like that um i think it's really important to just try to get the full side of the story um outside of the media you know a lot of Mm -hmm. that is 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 paid for you know we've seen the the articles and the the headlines about um i'm not even going to say his name but the 17 year old who Mm -hmm. went went into wisconsin and you know shot protesters we've seen how they've tried to humanize him and mm-hmm. the same way they tried to, you know, demonize a black boy that got killed the same age. Um, so, I mean, yeah, definitely look at the media, but definitely with a grain of salt, two mm-hmm. grains of salt, honestly. <laughs> yeah, 100% agreed. Agreed. Any other takes or anything else that you feel that, you know, any other messages that you had? You know, I... I think it's just important, like you said, to to just keep your mind open, um, especially if, if this isn't something that you have had to live every day of your life with, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's new. It's I don't understand that, but it's new. It's probably confusing. It's probably difficult. Um, and that's OK. Like I've we've all had a lot of time to sit with our emotions um, and sit with our feelings and what is right and what's wrong to us in the past few months. Um, and I think this is a really, really, really important thing that people need to sit with. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're all trying to navigate this as well. And, and I'm glad that you said, um, you know, to sit with those thoughts, because that's actually why, like, we didn't re-jump and record right away. (laughs) We were like, let me, let me sit with this. Let me write some notes out. Let's see how this goes, you know. Um, that said, if it is game on Saturday, we're scheduled to play, LA Galaxy scheduled to play San Jose, Cali Classico. And, yeah. I, I mean, scheduled. <laughs> scheduled. <laughs> let's, let's be real. I mean, NBA restart is restarting um, with some, you know, 
some some get, I don't even know the word for it, but they decided to open all of their stadium or arenas for for voting come November. So there's there's been some concessions there but they're restarting let's be real mls followed um kind of like a youngest child kind of following the leader um mls is gonna play (laughs) mls is always play on though you know like even when i went to kansas city and a tornado swept past the stadium kicked debris into the stadium the galaxy hadn't even arrived in kansas city they were stuck in st louis and it was still like mls be like play on like there's no there's no postponing. You Absolutely. Know? The only thing that stops it is lightning. That's yeah, that's right? MLS kryptonite. <laughs> lightning. <laughs> you know, that is 100% accurate. If, if nobody knows, there were midnight games in, or- in Orlando for the MLS's back tournament. Um, but yeah, so we're going to go ahead and preview that San Jose <laughs> match. Um, you know, San Jose actually had a strong run in the MLS's back tournament. You know, their training schedule when they got back to California was affected by COVID-19, a heat wave, power outages, lightning storms, and uh, our historic wildfires out here in California, for those of you who don't know. Um, Knock on wood, thankfully not an earthquake. Uh, (laughs) Not yet. (laughs) Not yet. You know, they're fourth place now uh, in the Western Cup standings. Uh, Wondolowski doesn't seemed to stop um after he broke landon donovan's record i was like okay i'm done with this guy um actually no scratch that i was done with him when he messed up in the uh, world cup <laughs> for the u.s <laughs> men's national team nobody wants to remember that michelle i know huh but anyway <laughs> you know this team is well rested almeida is the coach and and he's he's been doing a great job with them this is not the same san jose team that we're used to seeing. Then again, everybody came back from Orlando and the LA Galaxy somehow pulled it together and actually looked good and played a full 90 minutes. So if they can control possession, you know, I think I think they can they can take San Jose on. Yeah, I mean, my opinion, we need to throw away everything that happened in Orlando. You know, some teams that were crapping the bed down there, you know, have come back in won some games and the opposite um for me i think unfortunately i think it's unfortunate for the galaxy that they didn't get to play this week um just in this the kind of momentum uh that they needed you know this is another rivalry the original rivalry um i think they kind of wanted that momentum going in and they don't really have it anymore and like you said san jose is completely rested at this point yeah, and I think that San Jose is obviously flexible with everything that they've had to deal with. And there would have been no doubt in my mind that they would have beat Portland that night. Um, it, it was questionable for me if the Galaxy were going to beat the Sounders. Um, again, beatable games, but and, and the Galaxy show up for rivalry matches. But now that they've beat LAFC 2-0, I kind of feel like the Galaxy might not park the bus necessarily, but but definitely slow it down. And with... with this San Jose team, like they, they're gonna have to not only step it up, but but keep up, um, you know, and then just take those shots. We didn't really play with Chicharito, and he's still not gonna be there. Um, hopefully, Jonathan Dos Santos gets to start, and he's back to health. Um, with Christian Pavon out there, Arajo, um, Stares and Depoy, you know, strong center backs, um, and Sue and Felcher in the back. 
You know, they looked they looked good. They looked promising. And Felcher to me is a little bit shaky. Legit looked like he had his spark back and and like he's ready to to score more goals. Um, Kitchen does kitchen things and and does his job when picks up yellow cards and defends and and Corona's that that quiet guy that that's there and then with with that's doing his job well. Um, David Bingham in in net. You know, the less we have to talk about him, that means the Galaxy's defense is is doing things so you know as long as we don't see too many of the crossing uh that that we'd seen in games past uh i w- i really want to say that i i really still think the san jose that san jose can still beat the galaxy i hate that i hate that i say that um but you know i'd hope for a draw honestly I think it's important to note too. Didn't San Jose uh, recently lose a player? Oh yeah, you're right. They they actually they they have a quite a few roster moves. They're going through changes as well. Um, I'm I read that uh, midfield midfielder Magnus Eriksson departed the club last week and went to Sweden. Um, so they left this, a spot open in the starting eleven, and the captain's armband is up for grabs. Yeah, which is it's that's you know definitely something we're understating. Like your your captain kind of just left. Um, I mean, it's already a weird time to be playing on a team right now, but the captain just left. You know, I'm mm-hmm. sure people like Wondolowski or have big voices in the locker room already as it is, um, and I'd be very surprised if he didn't take that over. Um, but one is Wando a full ninety minutes fit? I don't know. Um, is anybody like, after the? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but seriously, like who's who's going to take over that position? That's I think that's a really important thing. And as this is the first game back for that team um, since he's left, I think that's a huge advantage for the Galaxy, let alone the home advantage. They're, wait, this is away or is this home? I didn't. This look. is at My Dignity Hill Sports Park, though. The argument is, is there even home advantage right now when there's not fans in the stadium because i don't know that we're doing the lafc thing and pumping fan noise directly in the stadium right i think i saw something along the lines of they'll be having you know fans images up and i know yeah and i know they have the uh the flags up over um victoria block um Nice. I still think there's some sort of home advantage. Uh, you know, it's your field. You know how the, how the field plays. You know what the grass is like. You know the width. You know things like that. Um, all the little nuances that come with playing on specific fields. Um, that's important to a team, too. Um, I definitely don't want to undercut that. Yeah, this game is at 7.30 Pacific Standard Time. So um, our 13th man, the sun, shouldn't really be bothering. Um, shouldn't be too big of a deal that day. Um in case you, in case someone's not familiar with that reference, it's because LAFC blamed the sun for their loss. <laughs> um, like they don't play in Southern California. So playing in Carson and we get the wonderful ocean breeze. I think it, I think it should be quite a lovely evening for soccer. Um, you know, will there be youngsters coming out on both sides? So Efrain. Alvarez didn't really have the best game. Um, I really, I keep missing Dunbar. I really want to see him play off that bench. I don't understand. He played a really great game, and then Escaloto benched him. That can't Dunbar be kills now. it. Yeah, you know, like him, him coming up from the academy, like he he kills it. I I think he needs to get 
be given more minutes. Um, like we gave Zubac some minutes, and he he also very surprisingly, in my opinion, <laughs> you <think> know, so. <laughs> kind of showed out. Which, and he's still which, messed up. Let's be honest. Hey, he he got the goal of the game. He he did, he did his he, he did, did his job. He did. His job. <laughs> so now I want to see Dunbar get those get those minutes, and you know. So, so I'm, I'm here for it. I hope that y'all stay tuned in and thank you so much, Allison, for joining me today as my guest host. And we hope to have you come on again soon. Thank you for having me. All right. Stay tuned. Thanks again.